1: And as per usual, we have a very special guest in the house. And this week, we are fortunate enough to have the one and only Raquel Carell with us. So I'm not going to waste anybody's time trying to introduce you, Raquel. I'm going to hand over to you, my love. Who are you?
2: Hello, Joe. Hello, Matt. Hi, Niall. I am Raquel Carell, and I am getting to be known as the Green Dawn Lady, I turn your money into highly profitable sustainable houses. I came to this country with a thousand pounds and a suitcase full of ham and cheese and for the past (laughs) 10 years I have raised 12 million pounds investment money made over 1.2 million profit for investors and housed over a thousand individuals. With a hundred percent positive feedback from an investor my vision is to inspire every landlord to become more sustainable. So you haven't done much then? No, nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we've done. I mean, it was lovely having you on. That would be a goodbye from me. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case. Wait, wait, wait. So the thing that jumped into my head was a suitcase full of ham and cheese. (laughs) Dishas.
3: Were you prepared with jamón serrano?
1: Yes, it was jamón serrano. And I'm afraid that was the only thing
2: I I knew so little about England. And I couldn't speak English when I first came. So because of that. My mom said, well, why don't you take some food with you? And all I could think was, well, look, I don't know how long I'm going to be there. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get a job. I don't know anything about England. Therefore, what do I do? Just fill up my two uh, pairs of trousers, two pairs of T-shirts, and the rest of the uh, suitcase was just full of ham and cheese because I figured out that I can eat bread anywhere. So that's okay. But the inside of the bread, (laughs) that was super important to me.
1: Oh, so hang uh, on, it
2: was jamón serrano, and was it manchego cheese? Yes, it
1: was manchego cheese. Claro que sí. Si. Oh, I love it so much. Okay, so then how did you go from ham and cheese to property? It was actually
2: uh, shortly after I arrived, I took a job in McDonald's, funny enough, just cleaning toilets, and uh, I met this guy who often who said that he was, having, he was living in a house with three other people, and I thought, well, that sounds kind of cool let me just try to move in without realizing that what he meant was he was just going to rent me the whole house and um, it was for me to manage. So without realizing I started doing rent to rent and um, just to live for free. Cause obviously when you only have ham and cheese in your basket, you know, and a thousand pounds, they flew, I think the thousand pounds lasted me for less than two weeks. I mean, it was unbelievable how quickly the money goes in the, yeah. in this UK. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, and then, once I started doing rent-to-rent, rent, then I realized, ooh, there's money to be made here in property. So I started trying to get my boyfriend or anyone I knew into property. Nobody was listening. And eventually I said, well, you know what? Eff it. I'm going to do it by myself. And then there you go. So started in until today.
1: So how long ago was that?
2: Well, I arrived in this country in 1998. Um, so I've been in the property world since 1998. But formally, my company was only set up in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah. Until then was the love affair of love and hate and part time and not time and <laughs> anything in between.
1: And can Amazing. we just clarify you don't still clean toilets at McDonald's?
2: I still clean my own toilets, good, my good. own uh, toilets because I don't think you lose the uh,
1: <laughs> you don't lose the um was
2: you get used to it. So I'm surprised, you I'm of, surprised like, you're, you're cleaning
0: it. your own toilet still. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm afraid my own toilets, the annex toilets, anyone that makes me money, I will clean. I'm happy. I'm not shameful to do anything.
0: (laughs) Amazing. So um, what would you say the human side of property means to you?
2: I think it means looking after people on the planet. When, When I mean people is I'm looking after the tenants. I know that you two also love looking after the tenants and, and you, your model, your business model actually works with the tenants first in mind. And so that's mine. If you look after your tenants uh, properly, they will look after you. And then if now with the addition of the sustainability, if I look after the tenants and the planet, then my profits are common guarantee and higher than ever. So n- nothing else I can look in for really.
0: Cool. People, planet,
2: profit. Mm.
1: There's a book in there somewhere. It's actually called the Greenland Lady Joe, and awesome. it's coming out around September time. Do you know? Can I just tell the listeners? It's so funny. So, <laughs> Raquel knows the premise of this podcast, i.e., that it's non informative, highly irrelevant, and definitely not educational. And so, in preparation, she's got a script so she can shoehorn all the relevant stuff that she wants into it. I feel like about 90% of that went into your introduction. Like, I Indeed. feel like you just <laughs> went in hard like a steam train, and nothing but respect for that. That was amazing. You didn't even give us a chance. we were like, well, no, she went straight in. Love it. If you're like that in Property Girl, you are one successful lady. (laughs) Ah,
2: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's important to just get your point across. Yeah. And having listened to so many of your episodes before and having loved so much from them, but actually I just realised that it's either at the beginning or never, because that's the only time that you actually get given (laughs) time to speak. You've nailed it. You've
0: actually (laughs) nailed the formula. Say a guest on Property Jams or any future guest. Um, be prepared you've got five minutes to tell the world what it is you do and how you do it and the rest of it it's just going to be amazingly waffly
2: yeah absolutely In fact,
0: no that's, that's not true because I, I, I do remember a couple of episodes where the really good stuff came out quite close to the end
3: yeah
0: mm. it, it does it, i think it does come out at certain points but um i think you're right that um we do like to talk around the topic um mm. find out a bit more about the people it's about the human side remember um but also um by doing that and digging deeper i think we get some um some good stuff that wouldn't have come out otherwise yeah breaking people's guard say that they feel comfortable to spill the beans
2: that's fine i have (laughs) no problem just ask me or i'll just tell you anyway
0: (laughs) we we, we know we know raquel
1: I love the directness of it I think it's really important I've got a question Whereabouts in Spain I assume Spain Whereabouts in Spain are you from?
2: Um, Just east of Spain North of Valencia I understand you're a big fan of uh, The south of uh, Andalusia And I know that you already speak Spanish So we could go into speaking Spanish But unfortunately Martin Noel would just Be looking at us you yeah. see,
1: Niall's, Niall's, Niall's married to a Colombian, you see, so he can come in as well. But He's Matt... a Colombian,
2: Nile. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all these years. But
1: however, Matt is also part of a Cuban music band and has a little bit of Spanish knowledge too. So we could just do the whole thing in Spanish. I'm actually ne-
0: negotiating um, studio and mixing at the moment in Spanish.
1: There you go. Oh, wow. Because, uh, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. I've also got Spanish friends or Cuban friends who... Uh, Translated, Yeah, but
1: Cuban Spanish, man. I went to Cuba. What wow. Listen, I, I I was just flummoxed I didn't understand a word they well, were saying. That yeah, was well, a even whole different kind of Spanish.
3: Mainland Spanish, mainland Spain Spanish is different even to South American Spanish. So I find it difficult listening to someone from Spain speaking as mm. opposed to someone from South
2: America speaking yeah, because it's softer. Yeah, it's yeah. softer, isn't it? In South yeah. America, it's a lot softer, in Spain is a lot husher. I know when it. you speak and the sounds are a lot more <laughs> like in the yeah,
1: like a machine gun. <laughs> I, I love I it it's just the, it's
3: it's the speed that it goes up. Yeah. It's just trying to catch up. By the time I've figured out what I need to say in response, it's way too late.
0: But <laughs> well, I think we've we've already we've already encountered Raquel speaking um, in English, um, and it was uh, like a machine gun. So yeah, yeah, in Spanish, I don't think I don't know how anyone has a hope. <laughs>
2: And it is true. I went, do you know, I went when I first arrived to this country, I had to go to elocution lessons because I could not. Um people say that i spoke too fast so i had to actually learn to speak slower so if you think that i speak sp- fast in english you just hear me out in spanish and then it's like wow <laughs> it's just you're gonna have to put the recording machine and then just listen backwards <laughs> because, at, at half speed yeah it's just um i don't know why i, th- I think it's because where i come from is so hot. people don't want to be too long in the sun and therefore that's my example anyway so therefore you have to say things fast and then just get out so of walking, it. You're
0: walking down the street, you see a friend, you have a half an hour conversation in ten minutes, <laughs> then you can get back into um oh, into aircraft a siesta.
2: Yeah, well we don't do siestas, but yeah pretty much
1: it's <laughs> very it so efficient. hot. that was the point of siestas. Yeah what do you do in your part of town how come
2: because uh, that is something that is it uh, is it's something that is actually originated in mexico and people just think that all spanish-speaking countries actually do siesta in the olden days when my grandmother's grandmother actually were there yes that was the case because you had a labor day and you needed to wait and rest and then you need you can't if you are in Spain, and I'll, uh, and actually, Joe, you go to the south of Spain a lot. So, yes. obviously, you know how hot it is. You know, in the middle of the day, you can get 42 degrees. Easy. You can't be in the, in the middle of it. The only people, literally, the only people you see on the street in Granada at 12 o'clock, in, uh, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, are foreigners. There's True. no one else.
1: Idiots out yeah. there in the yeah. sun. Oh,
2: Absolutely. Yeah. No one else is there. So, you, as soon as it he he hits 1 o'clock, every single Hispanic just retires into the house. So yeah. that just to cool down yeah. and they don't come out until about six o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> when the sun has gone down. And then you see all these people like, you know, like uh, <laughs> I was going to say, um, like uh, king prawns just completely fried <laughs> from the sun everywhere.
1: Gambas and then, and yeah. <laughs> exactly.
3: I, think, I can't remember where or who said it, but um, my dad used to say this quite a lot. Um, he heard it someplace that in, in, in um, places like that, that it's only mad dogs and Englishmen that go out in the midday in the midday sun.
1: That's
2: a thing. <laughs> it Absolutely. Is. Yeah. And mental. I just, I just love it. They don't even bother. I mean, I, I've come across English families in when my small part of the world, and then I just said to them, and I said, "Really, the baby should not be out at this time." Go, oh no, he'll be fine. The following day, you see the baby with blisters everywhere, and it's kind of like, "Oh great, just please yeah. don't do this to Amelia. No. Just be uh, more thoughtful." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she has a hat
0: that she puts on in the sun um well we put her the hat on her in the sun and she always finds a way to take it off
1: yeah, good girl she's feisty yeah. and also different kind of sun over here i mean compared to spain wow the heat and everything mm-hmm. so different so at least yeah. you know we're like begging for sun at the moment mm. yeah
2: well apparently you have a new technology coming up uh, really strong isn't it in the uk it's called um what is it called it's called <laughs> I've been talking about it the whole day and i forgot forgotten that. Is this
0: solar power?
2: No, it's not solar power. It's okay. actually infrared panels. Um people are talking a lot about infrared panels, and it was just very interesting because apparently you put these infrared panels on the ceilings, and because they heat up the matter as opposed to heating up um the the air in the room, then apparently they are superb and they work amazingly in HMO. So I thought the two of you would be on top of this like hot uh, cakes. Obviously not. Oh, clearly, clearly that's boys, us talking I'm gonna I'm gonna have to come and teach you about this. <laughs> you are. I mean
0: We are now. Yeah. What? We are clued up. <laughs> Infrared panels, Nile, in every HMO.
2: No, seriously, it removes the, it. apparently it removes the mold in the rooms. That's what they claim anyway. So I just thought if that is true, it's a true game changer for everything. Wow. So okay. yeah, um, yeah, but Anyway, that's all I've been talking the whole day. So I've apologies. got infrared
1: sensors. That's all I've got. I haven't got anything heaty or fancy. And I've
2: got infrared outdoor heater. That's oh. that's mm-hmm. as far as I thought. You know, I thought yeah. uh, it heats the matters. That's why it works so well outdoors. Because, you know, your body is a part of matter. So, obviously, it heats up your face. And it's, it's, it's great. And as soon as you are out in the area, then it doesn't heat you up. But, obviously, indoors is a bit more effective than
1: that. I've got images of, like, lasers coming out. I'm like, <laughs> warming you up as you walk into a room <laughs> pretty much apparently uh but
2: yeah but i, I don't think particularly is a uh, fully developed there because there's there's a lot of stuff going on and and there is risk for it, for the health and stuff like that but, mm. but you know it is something that it could be out there anyway we're not supposed so, to so, so,
0: Raquel, that that's why we don't have infrared panels in our hmas is because they're a health <laughs> risk
1: you don't <laughs> want to give your tenants cancer basically like it's a thing
0: there we go <laughs>
1: there you go perhaps we should just speak to the solar panels then and the heat yeah,
0: we could put ultraviolet lights in some of them
2: mm. <laughs>
1: Some beds in each room. This is really good for the tenants. Perfect idea. <laughs> well,
2: remember, Joe, we are looking after them. That's the first idea is we put tenant first. What do you want? A nice tan. <laughs> 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 you know, come and stay in my bedrooms. You will get a tan. Nothing else, but you will get a tan.
1: You'll get a tan with a twist of skin cancer. Come and stay in my Yes. <laughs> yeah. But,
0: but you will never die of mould.
2: That's yeah. right. <laughs> You you're not gonna have any trouble with anything else yeah.
0: then. No, no. You'll we'll be breathing issues. fine. <laughs> well, Can you, you won't. Uh, to... Just
2: about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh dear. So good. Oh,
0: so, so um, uh, so so Raquel, uh, do you have a question for us?
1: Yes, I do. Do you I have want... infrared panels inside your HMOs? Is what she's <laughs> gonna ask.
2: No, actually, it was very close to that because I just thought this is supposed to be about sustainability and about actually, uh, you know, making sure that we inspire landlords to become more sustainable. So my question is, yeah. I know that you've been looking into it, but what have you done about it?
3: Uh... <laughs> about Joe, making you your first. home
2: sustainable? <laughs> um,
0: Joe, did you get some extra, um, I don't know, cotton wool and stick it down the sofa?
1: Yes, I did. Um, so, <laughs> be fair. I think all I've done really is focus on insulation because, like, the housing stock that I tend to buy is like super old, and so I think insulation is probably the biggest thing, which serves a whole multitude of you know benefits from heating right through to soundproofing and all of that stuff. But in terms of anything funky and what I would call really green. The only thing i've done is been really conscious with electricity use and that actually comes back to the infrared sensors so that in the communal areas you don't have to rely on the tenants to be switching anything on and off it's just all on a timer Um, and you know the same with on suites i always have lights on sensors so it just means when no one's in the property there's nothing to worry about other than that in terms of greenness no i I, I'm just meeting the bare minimum EPC requirements, I would say.
3: Mm, well, well, myself and Matt are gonna have very similar answers here for obvious reasons, <laughs> but we've been uh, looking at this uh, for quite a while now. And it is, it's difficult to make your properties completely green because it's exactly, it's very expensive. There are limitations to what we can do. As Joe has said, we're dealing with and working with very old properties. Um, so we're, we're, we've got lots of limitations to to work with. But um, some things that we have done um, is that we, we build in furniture into into the property. So we're not reliant on uh, landlord furniture, which will be in the landfill in three or four years time.
1: Oh, I've done that. Is that a thing? OK, so I've done that, too. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I've contributed that's sustainability.
0: it means your furniture is going to last 10 years and you're not going to have three three wardrobes in that same time oh okay yeah.
1: so i've done that a little bit as well that's cool.
0: so we're doing
3: that <laughs> um in relation to the gas and electric so we're looking at uh the gas and electricity suppliers who are the who are the greenest in the in the industry uh, so octopus energy was up there for quite a while but i think now they've slipped down to second place and there's someone else has taken their place right now mm-hmm. can't remember the name off the top of my head but it's just keeping on top of like who is providing or who is supplying the uh, uh, gas and electric to the properties um, because we need to heat our tenants somehow. So we have to look Hit at the most, <laughs> <laughs> provide the most sustainable options. So you can um,
0: give
1: them some beds. Energy sustainable for sure.
3: And other things that we're doing is um, obviously, like Joe said, insulating the properties to the nth degree. Uh, where we maybe triple glazing where we can, so that it's you know they're more airtight, so there's less energy getting out. Um, putting the the communal lights on sensors as well, so that they're not left on all the time. Um, and I think the biggest thing that was coming comes down to educating
1: uh, mm.
3: housemates. Um, so we, we're putting together, um, like sustainability packs for our housemates when they move in, um, so that they're aware of the impact of turning the heating on and leaving it on or they're aware of how they can recycle stuff um, um or if they just um you know if they, if they leave the property but leave lots of half broken furniture or whatever behind them that they realize the impact that has when it gets to landfill um so little things like that, that we're doing uh, as we progress but it is a work in progress
0: it's nudging isn't it it's nudging yeah. people in the right direction because i think at the end of the day it, it, it's, a, it's a two-way thing because you say now the people in the property need to have the, the same respects for sustainability which i think they are doing as the as um with kind of new generations and the, the age range that we rent to um, um um, but what, yeah, one big thing which uh, as you know Raquel uh, which forms a sustainable property is about being kind of airtight so if your property is not airtight you you basically whatever you do kind of is undone very easily mm. just so and um, that's something that we're very conscious of of making sure that um, the workmanship is good that um, we have kind of airtight windows that things are sealed doors are sealed and all of that because that means that um, heat stays in uh it means it doesn't go out uh and it just gives you a lot more yeah you're just hitting your targets a lot better and, and increasing those kind of those ratings so air tightness which you can do with it with a lot of the kind of new build new technologies which are out there so then how do you retrofit these things to um kind of the the older stock which is which is going to be a big challenge as the government raised the minimum rental standards to, e- to, to EPC level C. Um, so it's already on our radar that these things need to be started now. Um, there we go. Four um,
2: Raquel, years.
1: Raquel, Four years. years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of work. It's a huge amount of work.
2: It's a huge amount of work. And I think this is why it is an important time to actually start raising awareness and start t- saying to people, you actually need to do something because what do you want to do? Do you want to split your cost in four years or do you want to do it all in one month? Exactly. So, you know, it is <clears throat> it is expensive. But what about if I if I was to say to you, there is actually a way of you installing things now, getting paid for it, but actually making money as well. Wouldn't you be jumping
1: on it? Yes, please. I feel like a sales pitch is coming. Everyone's
0: <laughs> <a time>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's, 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 it's actually, on a on
1: Yeah, as you set up.
2: Not script this time, but actually it is possible because one of the, one of the things people say, actually you get installation of the solar panels and then uh, all you do is you just benefit. Um, you just, benefit, especially if you have HMS, you, obviously that means you, you make money because you don't spend as much electricity. So you are creating it. But even if you're in your single let, you can actually just charge um, the electricity that is being consume to your tenants and therefore you you become the electricity provider for your own tenants and therefore you suddenly you have ka-ching 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 everywhere is coming money from you so there is there is loads and loads of ways that um, i've started exploring and actually they make sense you they make your buildings more profitable and they become much higher highly profitable because you are being sustainable on, because you're on. trying I to, this
1: I need to map this through in my head so what you're saying oh no no
2: is- that you pay for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry just send me your invoice it'll be fine um so hang on a minute let me get this right so you would put the you put the solar panels basically onto the single dwelling for example and so you're the energy provider as it were and then you only charge the tenant their actual usage yeah but then and it, so where's the profit like
2: because basically you because you you become a producer then obviously you are able to get commercial contracts with Then you buy in bulk because you buy in bulk and you are producing then obviously you don't use as much so therefore whatever money you are you have to charge exactly the same amount of money that people would actually pay on a green tariff so it's not you're not allowed to pay to get any more, but all the money that they are actually, that you are producing, or um, the all the electricity that you are producing, obviously they are using and therefore you are, you are able to charge them for.
0: So and obviously you'd be looking at kind of your return on investment because there's a cost of putting the solar panels in, how does that normally work?
2: Yeah, it is very good. If you think that a normal dwelling, and we're not talking about HMOs, we're talking about a normal dwelling, will go between three to six thousand pounds for a solos, you know, and then people say, oh, but there's no incentive. Well, there is, although it's not a lot of money that they are giving you, but there is a, a scheme that will actually pay you for production. So basically, it's up to you to decide whether you're going to put your money in there, whether you're going to put your money and then on heaters, sorry, on storage heaters and then obviously stores the electricity that you are providing that you are creating during the day and then using the heater in the evening or whether you're just selling it back to the grid because during the day you don't tend to obviously through covid we have been through the day in the houses which has been fantastic but in, outside of covid normally people it's not at home is it so you can just choose to store it and okay, then I'm use it you. at night time i'm no. with you so you've so, got
1: two customers effectively you've got the tenant and you've also got the scheme, who will buy energy back off of you that you produce is what you're saying.
2: Yes, but you also have the tenant who is buying the electricity. Yeah,
1: so you've got two customers. You've got yeah. the scheme and you've got the tenant. Got it, yeah. it was the other customer that I was confused by. Got yeah.
2: it, okay. So it is, there is loads and loads of little ways of actually making money out of uh, yeah. out of renewables. And you don't realize, look, another example that I, I think it was to me was, it just a massive, massive turnover, thing. sorry. Um, Turn on for me. It Turn was the fa-
1: tu- was Way better than ah, on, on
2: on Love on on completely. It was amazing. Uh, installation of ground source heat pump. Um, mm. The installation was huge. You know, I was looking at the costs, and you know, you were looking at thirty thousand pounds, twenty thousand pounds. um You know, the cheapest that you could get a pump for was ten thousand pounds plus all the installation. Blah 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 blah. Wow. And the numbers just keep on adding up. Mm. However, then. I got to start work. I started working with this particular company and um, suddenly we realized um, I was actually making, and are you prepared for this? 33,000 pounds a year. Uh, Yeah, Matt. Yeah. You've heard. Okay. 33,000 pounds. Do tell. tell. Uh, No, I'm not telling. I'm (laughs) tired for this.
1: (laughs) We're all getting an invoice. The point is,
2: the point is you are putting the, uh, you are putting these, you know, the renewable heat incentive is only there for one more year, and if people don't take it, you, it's free money that you're not taking. Yeah, so it is at the end of the day, you are gonna have, um, you are giving, you are being given free money. It's up to you to take it or not. It's like I was talking to someone else today about doing a TEDx talk in Bedford, and I said to him, "Oh my God, how did you get to get TEDx to come to Bedford?" And then he just said, "I just ask." <laughs> I <laughs> can't believe that. It was as simple as that. And and renewables is exactly this. If you don't ask, you don't get. And the free money is there. You know, the green grant is finished, but the money has been div- has been given now to local councils. Are you asking your local council for money? You know, yes, people yeah. is not. It's just mad. It's like free money, right, left, and center.
1: It's really um, funny you say this because my friend's husband, he works uh, uh, up in Glasgow uh, for one of the uh, councils. I can't remember if it's Glasgow City Council or not. He says the same thing. He says they've got all this money that they're trying to sort of like literally get out the door because they have this mandate from central government and like they can't get rid of it for love nor money because people just aren't asking or they don't know about it and they all these campaigns and awareness schemes but it's it's really hard to share it's just
2: it's really hard and also obviously the green grand homes uh you know data came out and it was a, it was a flop but it was a flop because it was so easy to cheat that a uh, government was so worried about people cheating and of course the minute you see something and people want the money and people will do anything to get the money and and that was a big that was a big issue wasn't it so yeah. Obviously, now, if it's going to local uh, local councils, it's no longer central government managing it. Therefore, if they cheat, it's up to the local council <laughs> to manage, not to do anything else. So it was just that um, it is th- there is plenty of money for you to invest, Nile. And if you know where to ask, and you are the asking man, you are the man who raises a lot of money. So do not tell me you don't know how to ask because you do better <laughs> than I do. Yeah. They borrow and steal. Ah, you borrow. Yeah, you borrow ice for
1: the Eskimo from the Eskimos. You know, the bloody Irish—they're terrible for it. I swear but to I my.
3: do not steal.
1: <laughs> I always give it back to the Eskimo.
3: Yeah,
2: but it's a, it, yeah. It's just it's just interesting to to see that. You know there is awareness that needs to be taken out there is there is all these things that needs to be done people don't realize you know all these high-end hmos and people is finally realizing that midway is no way you know you either go one stream or another one in in the property level you know you because they are the buff basics you know you either have your bare basics or you have your aspirational things and that's where you have to position yourself either you deal with one end or the other because in the middle there's nothing and um, and obviously as the next level landlords yourselves, then obviously you have to be at the very top.
0: Someone's read my book. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so funny. It's just, I was expecting a lot more. Um, I think it's, I, I heard you once saying that there was going to be a lot more funny stories. And yes, there's a quite a few uh, funny stories, but um, I don't know why I was expecting to be the whole book, just story after story, just laughing the
1: way through and it's no, actually-
0: that's, no, that's what yes yeah, so that's what that's what property jams for the book is designed to be informative and educational <laughs> <laughs> a complete antithesis oh yeah so um, at the very Sorry beginning we, we normally say turn your phones off and your email I forgot. and uh, uh yeah i forgot <laughs> to turn my emails off so they've been pinging yeah. and uh you forgot to turn your
1: that's well, Nile, I was it's usually one of us. Nine and I are just beacons of perfection in podcasting. We're just for
0: them. You just don't have any friends that have emailed you or called you. That's what it is.
1: That's true. <laughs> it's actually true.
0: <laughs> I've got no signal where I am. That's what, I'm...
1: <laughs> what part of Spain are you in
2: there,
1: <laughs> I'm in an
3: uneaten part of Spain.
1: Sexy am in Yeah. Dear, that's so funny. Mm. Okay. So um, that, that's to be have we answered your question do you think
2: I think you have i think is it's, it's, it's obviously clear to me that you are conscientious landlords and then you are oh. trying your best however, it does appear to me as well and it's very very clear that uh, you are hiding behind the same uh, guards as everyone else oh it's too expensive or I have very old houses I, just and say, I
1: never said that I did say about old <laughs> houses though <so. laughs> yeah i did I did say that <laughs> i think it's do you know you know,
2: one of the things that it fascinates me is this whole thing about uh, uh, change, you know, and, and how scared people is of change until you are in the border and people get pushed and pushed and pushed and then you are at the border of this massive um, cliff and then it's, it just, you just have no way to go back. You just have to yeah. jump in. Yeah. And I just feel that this is exactly what's happening uh, at the moment with the sustainability and, and, and the whole property world. Everybody is just teaching and you know how to make money how to make millions how to uh, do this but nobody's actually talking about future-proofing your investments nobody's actually saying if you don't look after your investments they're gonna be uh, a albatross around your neck they're not gonna be anything we we, we are yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) no i know you are that's why i'm so happy that you invited me to come here um, because <laughs> it is, it's absolutely beautiful and the fact that you are teaching people to do exactly that you know to be more proactive about the beginning then that's brilliant yeah. but I do have another question for you if that's okay
1: oh yeah
2: go oh what
1: yeah
2: <laughs> uh, you are we going like... to allow a second
0: question yeah I love okay. it I love a question i have a thing we're going to be asked asking anyway, whether we allow it or not <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's right, and I also feel whatever answer we give, we're going to be in trouble one way or the other. To so go, yeah. no. Well, and just, I just, just before it's...
0: you ask the question, uh-huh. I, I think Raquel has got um, uh, a more obscene laugh than you, Joe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Never it. Never laugh <laughs> we should have a laugh of it's brilliant the laugh is brilliant i love it i love everything i love the cheese i love the ham i love the accent i love the green i love it all i love the laugh uh, okay brilliant.
2: we can get married joe yeah. i'll just have to divorce my husband first
1: okay. <laughs> well, no, listen, babe. i'm already divorcing mine so i'm halfway there so that's fine i'm, I'm halfway there let's just carry on that's good okay well that actually goes really well
2: so if you oh. had a single uh, luggage to take with you what would you, um to another country, and you have to emigrate, and I know Joe will go straight away to uh, Granada, mm-hmm. but, um, claro. uh, you know, but, okay, you can't go to Granada, because you can't be to somewhere that you know, and especially you don't know the language, so you take a single luggage, and that's it, you can't take a million on it, Matt, so uh, a million are not allowed in, yeah, you're it's just you, to but I'm
0: emigrating I'm taking Emmy with me oh. I'm grating with Emmy
3: oh <laughs> shut up well, yeah. uh,
2: no so oh. a single luggage what do you put in that luggage? So just one item no you have a whole luggage I Constant had a whole case. I had about 20 packs of ham
1: and cheese Claro. <laughs> oh. oh my god um, right oh, okay.
0: well, I see I see where we're going this now so, um, okay. so so basically you either go all out. With ham and cheese, or you hedge your bets?
2: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you? What do you do? I'm, do, you I'm, do?
0: I'm, I'm just biding time.
2: Okay. Do you? Speak, do you speak Russian? None of you speak Russian, right?
0: No. No. Okay. I, I am thinking so, some kind of Eastern European countries because there are beautiful countries around there.
2: Yeah. I well, England have... is. I didn't choose England for the beauty, so it was just more for the rain. So there you go. <laughs> Got
1: lots of that. It was guaranteed, right? wet holiday
2: <laughs> no, it was a lovely wet holiday um but yeah so come on come on Niall what'd you put on that luggage
3: that's a oh I don't know um <laughs> okay a case of Scott Baker brew no this is difficult because delicious, I, by the way. I don't travel light I struggle even to come here today for a night and I've got a suitcase with me and it's massive
1: man like, what have you got? listen did you pack did you pack any funky shoes like the ones you sent me a picture of the other day
3: I didn't no I didn't
1: they were fabulous by the way they were, were just, fabulous they were rainbow they were rainbow shoes. rainbow shoes oh, oh, shoes. oh I have to see those please they fa- well, love that they I had to
3: send the them way. back because they were the quality was rubbish but they looked really nice
2: oh <laughs> they were not sustainable that's what not sustainable no. so I think uh
3: for me it, yeah shoes so i'd have to bring a selection of shoes and smellies i like okay. the smell oh, good. Like to smelly smellies. shoes <laughs> lotions and potions i like to smell good i like to look good so but at least good. most of the time <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's gonna say you try
1: <laughs> okay you try so i'm with niall on this so i would right so there's there's certain things in my life that i know that i need right that i just wherever i go they are my suitcase staples so i need a good mascara because i can't trust when i get to russia they've got the same i've been to (laughs) russia i've been i know i've been to moscow and i didn't assess their mascara selection but i just know what i like and i know what works on my eyes right a good pair of jeans, expensive designer jeans that fit, you know, beautifully that just, you can't, you know, you can't trust that you're going to get to Russia and you're going to find the jeans that you can wear with absolutely everything. So mascara, jeans, good underwear. So that's sort of like sexy slash practical. Cause you never know what's going to happen in Russia. Right. Mm. You never know.
2: You never know who you're going to, it, which soil is that you're going to clean.
1: Precisely. <laughs> precisely. Nice? And then we, then we get into the realms of hair removal. So I don't trust, I'm not saying that the Russians, you know, are on, are not hairy, but I know that I need tweezers as a bare minimum to manage hair control. So we're talking everything. Top You're to just top. bringing a
3: beauty salon with you basically. I'm
1: bringing I was just say, my didn't self-maintenance. See. It's a self-maintenance thing, you know? Cause I could talk about, oh, you know, I would just bring my, my energy, you know? No, no, I'm bringing practical things that I know I need. Jeans, mascara, <laughs> pants, and depilation equipment
2: definitely very very basic uh, maintenance stuff yeah very, very... yeah <laughs> very interesting what about you Matt what would you put in that luggage when you oh, are immigrating I, I mean I'm fascinated that you are changing countries you're changing your life and you're taking with you your shoes your smellies your mascara your yeah. tweezers your um um yeah everything that is extremely basic I'm just
1: I'm just you very, keep it very... simple you bring it back to the yeah, mm. you took ham and cheese. What are you talking about? I don't get more... <laughs> You took dairy and meat. I mean, you bought two categories of food.
0: Which I'm yeah, sure you, that was you, basic. You're I was didn't? Must, you must didn't is... have to pay tax on that and for importing.
1: No,
2: I didn't. Do you know what? The other time, uh, and I'm going to tell you this because this is what's funny. When my, when actually I got married in the UK, guess what? My parents brought over on the luggage i cheese, cheese. but not like me. I got it all, cards and smaller packets. No, my mom decided she was gonna bring the whole, the whole big, the (laughs) whole whole leg in luggages and a whole massive cheese. You're talking about a massive cheese, and she got stopped uh, at customs. and They were told, I'm really sorry, madam, but you can't bring food like this into the uk and then she just split i'm really sorry it's but it's my daughter's wedding and i'm not sure whether my husband will eat anything else <laughs> oh, did she? was she allowed to bring it in and she was allowed the gentleman took pity on her and she brought in two massive cheeses as big as this seriously i don't know you can see it. like big as this and then uh, two legs of ham oh, two no one two so there you go. So it's, no, it runs in no, the everything. family. Oh my god, that
1: you is amazing! The I love it so much. <laughs> so, there's no space for
0: well, I, I, anything I, I, else. I, I still don't have an answer. Um,
1: <laughs> what do you reckon? What's the most important thing? Like if you're, if I'm, not, you're I'm
0: following... not entirely. I'm not entirely sure that I have anything that that's important to me that couldn't just that couldn't be replaced. Um, maybe, mm. maybe a check shirt.
1: Yeah,
0: that's a you <laughs> thing. That's definitely a you thing as a Czech shirt. But well, we sent me to Canada. i get a cat. Oh, I speak the language there. What? English?
1: Well, not if you go to Quebec.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I speak French as well. Well, it, it, well enough that it well would take me a couple of weeks. By. Yeah, yeah. The, the
2: whole idea was that you are thrown in a country where you don't speak the language and mm. where you don't know what it's about because you yeah, haven't actually done anything. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Bring a Rosetta Storm with you. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> so you never know what you're going to find you, yeah. never, you don't know what you're going to find in this country so that's a, that's the whole thing I, nice. I think
0: I would take um, my phone with Google Maps on it
1: uh, yeah that won't that's... work in China though because they'll shut that shit down if I'm not going Ooh. to China I'm going to Russia you go. going to hey Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going there or too a, or, or
0: a country very close
1: I'll see you there babe I'm totally going to Russia with Bulgaria,
0: you Bulgaria, Romania
1: doesn't matter somewhere down
2: there yeah Yeah. somewhere down there where you don't understand where you just smile and say hey
1: yes (laughs) yeah lots of nodding and lots of yeah yeah Definitely. Cool. And then
2: whether you raise your hat, whether you raise also your boys when you they're talking to you, and then you answer back just raising your boys because that is the only way that actually foreigners understand. Especially isn't it? British Horse.
1: people. Yeah. The louder you shout, the clearer you are. Like that's a thing, right? Yes. Yeah. We flex that along the south coast of Spain continuously. Yeah.
2: It is. Yeah. It is. It's very interesting to actually see. I still get, after 23 years in this country, the first question I get asked in Spain. Uh, when they know that I've lived for 23 years in the UK is oh, you mustn't speak English very well then <laughs> it's so like true. no I don't I really don't I just have to shout and then I just have to <laughs> I speak like an Indian still so sorry I was 23 years and well, no I haven't I haven't adapted sorry oh, God.
1: your English is amazing actually I have to say it's really impressive yeah. Your
2: Spanish is not bad
1: either. Honestly, though, I'm rusty as. I feel like I need to sit down with a glass of wine and practice with you because I just, you know, the longer you don't speak it, the further away it feels like the language becomes. But hmm. the more you drink, the the quicker it returns. The easier, like <laughs> mm. yeah. Just
3: lubricates the vocal cords. That's what it a bit is. of
1: Rioja will help. You know, yeah. so. absolutely. Any time, any Zoom drinking time is fine oh, by me. Yeah, we could probably do it like for real now. Like, where do you live? At Bedford. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where about are so, you? I'm in Southwest London. Um, oh, so I'm okay. sort of between Tooting and Streatham. And it was really weird. We had a guest on a few weeks ago, Dan Jackson, who literally lives like four streets down. That was really strange. How bizarre. Mm-hmm. We're creating a podcast network.
0: Bizarre. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs>
3: That's very should, nice. Should we do a bit of uh episode? Russian yeah, roulette. <laughs> Russian, <laughs> Russian episode roulette.
1: <laughs>
3: okay. So for all of our new listeners... Um, I'm going to scroll through our previous episodes and Raquel will shout stop at any point and she will give us her views on the episode that we've uh, landed upon. So I'm going to start scrolling now so whenever you want Raquel, shout Stop.
2: (laughs) Stop. I'm okay. waiting for you to tell me. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, okay, this is a quite a relevant one for you. Episode 10,
0: money.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What I think yeah. about money? Yeah, yeah. what's your, what's like
0: your view on it? Like, What do you think of? Money is the most
2: important thing in the world. Hmm. Isn't it? I love money. So I. I love, I'm open to receive anytime. And I'm open... I think money is super important. I think people is ridiculously stupid when they say that it's not, because uh, like Imelda, Jack, uh, Imelda Marcus said, if you don't if you don't think that money can buy you happiness, it's because you haven't found the right shoe shop, you know. So,
1: oh, did you hear that?
2: <laughs> I find happiness every day. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's super important. Money gives you free, it gives you choices, it gives you um, opportunities. Money gives you open stores that otherwise would be completely closed. You know, opens uh, doors in opportunities to um, education, to traveling, to to ever, to buying property, acquiring property, to helping people. I mean, the amount of checks that you can write um, and help courses with is just important. The more money you have, the more money you can give, basically. So I love money, and and. I am definitely very good at making it. So I'll just continue doing like that if you don't mind.
1: Oh, yes, sister. Don't Crack mind that on. at all. Well, I think you've made a lot of money out of us because I believe all of us are receiving invoices for your advice and guidance. <laughs> this you need podcast. to be to invoiced
0: for Raquel coming on uh, our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's it's how good. it works, right? <laughs> it's good. No, it's really funny you were saying that because I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about how much we love spending money. And it's like, you only have it, you only spend it if you've got it to spend, right? So there's a real joy about watching money come in, which is always nice. But also there's a real joy about watching money go out. Like I love, I don't know if anyone else feels like this. I love paying my tax bill. Like I actually love it. It is probably one of the most satisfying, wholesome financial experiences that you go through once a year. Because it's like contributing to society. You've, it's based on what you've earned and you've set it aside. So it feels like a joy to kind of like put it to the use of, that it was intended. I absolutely love paying my tax bill. I love watching the money go out the door and then the government saying, this has been paid. I'm like, yes, it has. Yes, it has. Uh, I'm not sure just, I'm going to be with
2: you. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I love, I love buying houses. Every time I get a house saying, transaction completed. Yes. I have yeah. a new house. Every time my every time nowadays, I have everything systemized, and every time I see the income and the rent being paid from the uh, from my tenants, is yes, I love that. Every time I find ways of actually increasing the income on the houses, then it's like yes, and spending it, yes, buying houses. Hmm. The thing is, if I have, I have this dream one day. I want to buy myself this amazing um, eternity ring. Yeah. Oh, good girl. It costs £10,000. That's all it costs. It doesn't cost any more than that. It's just £10,000. But it's this eternity ring that Matt, you should be buying this for Laura, uh, Lara, when, um, because this a is Lara really beautiful. Thing. This is very, very beautiful ring. Yeah. But every time I have the £10,000 to buy it, I just keep on thinking £10,000? Mm, I could just buy a little house for £10,000. This is just half of the deposit. And therefore, what happens? I don't buy it. I'll just buy a new house. So uh, it's just I uh, just it. so that ring will remain outside of my fingers for a long time. No,
1: buy it, buy both, buy both, have it all. It's
2: gonna say Raquel, just make 20 grand.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and then I'll buy the house quicker. <laughs> exactly. No, but there's it's something grand. there's something about having nice jewellery on. Like so my necklace, I don't know if you can see it, is actually gold circles because it looks like gold coins
2: yeah it's beautiful
1: yeah that's because it reminds me of money and so i i touch it every single day and it's almost like my way of just reminding myself that i'm open to money coming in open to money coming out that it's just a free-flowing abundance
2: oh brilliant i I think i I am in terms of the spending side i would i do like nile where i just plan extremely beautiful holidays like then as soon as we are out you know 2022 december 2022 i will be in antarctica in an amazing uh, expedition uh, alongside my family. So that's where I prefer to just have those because those experiences are really what uh, fills me in. And then uh, the next ring can come along and then, yes, you, you're right. For me, I see it in here, but because I'm actually cleaning toilets constantly, I have to t- put it away all the time or I just have to do something with my hands. I have to help the plumber or I have to help moving furniture or something. It, doesn't, it, it then means that, I have to put it on and off, on and off, on and off. And for me, that's where I just think, you know, if I go on a nice holiday on a nice, um, I, I saw some pictures from Niall on a safari uh, many, many years ago. And oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. That was truly amazing. And I just thought, you know, can you imagine just, if you can just do this the whole year round, you spend two weeks a, a month or three weeks a month where you can be traveling and and a week at home. Isn't that Isn't
3: that
1: just ideal, right? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. I love it. However, when you talked about, can I just be honest? When you Mm. talked about going to Antarctica, the first thing I thought of was ice on your finger. you need jewelry that matches your environment. So that eternity ring would be perfectly in keeping within Antarctica. I'm just saying, I'm just, just putting it out. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it, Joe, just for you.
2: And then to send you a photograph to say, Do there it. you go, here is the ring, here is Do everything it. else I'm in Antarctica. It,
1: but there is something about like when you buy something really nice that you know you've worked for, that is physically on your body, that you look at all the time honestly i think what it does for your mindset is really really powerful um yeah i talk about this a lot when i coach like it's it's, it's a visual thing
2: it is a reward system isn't it mm. it is a question of uh, hard work and reward and then mm. all those little milestones yeah. i believe in it absolutely but for me the little milestones are just trips a weekend in paris uh-
1: <laughs> damn right it's With just ham and cheese in a suitcase. <laughs> Just trips, for me, my rewards. If I show you my list of rewards, you
2: will see them. I am with you every step of the way, Joe, in terms of rewarding yourself, 100%. But I do believe there is one day off. I I tend to think that sometimes I think that actually I don't really like being with my family because I just think I just travel as much as I can. And I don't feel guilty leaving them behind. I actually love it. And then I think, you know, it can be just me. I'm not mom of anyone, I'm not wife, I'm not friend, I'm just me, and I just love the feeling. So um, so yeah, so mine is just different types of travels, but uh, yeah, just from days off, shopping days off for myself, or just going to nice restaurants, or just the Antarctica trip, which will be um, the combination offer uh, an amazing goal to be achieved. So. oh my
1: god! Listen, I run a luxury retreat business. You do know this. I feel like you and I need to speak because I do. feel like yeah, I'm going to take you on holiday, girl. Yeah, thank you, All thank right, you cool. very much. Yeah, we'll go shopping for jewelry. It'll be amazing. <laughs> great, and yeah. ham and we'll just eat ham and cheese the whole week. It'll be great. <laughs> I'll choose it. I'll pick the serrano ham. Don't worry. Perfect. Uh, I, I trust think you. I need
0: to break, break this up right now. So I think you guys should take the conversation offline. Uh, <laughs> because unfortunately, we have come to the end of our time together today. Uh, thank you so much for coming for being with us and sharing your stories and sustainability and, and all that jazz. Uh, so thanks again. Uh, it's a goodbye for me. It's a goodbye for me. It's a
1: goodbye for me. And it's a goodbye for me. Thank
2: you for having me. Bye-bye.
0: Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast.
1: Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast.
3: Or you can email us at Podcast at outlook.com. See, See you on, on the next, next
1: episode. episode.